We started joking about the fact that like the main editors still haven't, we haven't had new machines in about five years. Yeah. And he goes, well, maybe someday. And I said, I just want my laptop to be able to close the lid. And he goes, why? <laughs> and I said, I don't know. It's like bowed. I don't know what would happen to it. I mean, I've never dropped it. I've never abused it. And he goes, let me see that. And he's looking at my machine and he goes, you need to turn that off right now. <laughs> and I said, okay. And he goes, I'll be back in five minutes. Make sure it's shut down. I said, okay. He comes back and he's like, your, your machine needs a new battery. The, that battery is okay. getting ready to explode. Oh, nice. And I said, well, it's been this way for about a year. Yeah. You know, uh, whatever. And so he's unscrewing the back panel and he unscrews one of the, the, the one screw and the, the lid goes pop. And he was like, he just backed away. He was like, holy shit. He was like, that was in your backpack. I said, yes, in my house, in my car. Oh. He goes, this is the worst I've ever seen a battery. I said, oh, okay. Wow. Well, thank you for saving my life. <laughs> <laughs> dance, monkey, dance. Welcome to this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John? Doing great. How are you? I'm um, hanging in there. How's everything? Oh, uh, you know, the usual. <laughs> it's hot. It's humid. It's rainy. Yeah, but it's October. I know. It's still 90 degrees out. Nothing like Halloween where you're walking around sweating. Yeah. Remember up north as a kid, like you'd have to wear like a coat over your costume. Over Halloween? your like Wolfman costume? Yep. Yes. <laughs> yes. But mom, nobody Not can see what I here. am. <laughs> yeah. So so speaking of down there, I, I read an interesting article this week. Okay. That um one of one of the new attractions down by you has decided to change um, their food offerings. Yes. So, so Disney announced that they were going to rename some of the, the food at, at galaxy's edge. Mm -hmm. Um, instead of the braised shock roast and the fried Endorian tip yip, <laughs> they are now going with beef, beef pot roast and fried chicken. Yes. Now when, when you and I went, it was very much a trying to immerse yourself into the the idea that you were actually on Batu, and yep. and with the with the major exception of the security guards, everything was themed. Yes, and I feel like it's kind of a cop out that Disney's doing this. Um, sure. <laughs> They are desperately trying to figure things out. Like, you know, six months of being opened in California wasn't enough to, to figure the shit out. So do you, do you feel like, like this is because 
people weren't smart enough to ask what the uh, braised shack roast was. Yes, because people are stupid. <laughs> Come but, on, you've but, been down here. Yes, but there's pictures of everything. It's not like it's just a name on a menu board. There's an actual picture. Sure, but does the picture of the Mustafarian lava roll actually do it justice? I don't know. I can't, I can't say I've ever seen the picture of the Mustafarian lava roll. Well, there you go. I've seen the weird breakfast sausage thing that they sell. Yes. That's like wrapped in egg. That's wrapped in, um, like a, like a, um, like a wrap, like a, like a, mm-hmm. that looked kind of weird. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm just saying, but I mean, but you know what you're getting. No, they're not going to call that. Hey, have the sausage thing. Like they're still calling that by whatever it's called. Right. It's just weird well, that these that these couple things are like, hey, here you go. Um. Well, at as of today, a lot of the Star Wars themed names are popping back up. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. I think that they got enough backlash to know that it was a stupid idea <laughs> and uh yeah there you go because there was also another report that they were changing something else too that they, they were taking like that they were what they were taking they were they were changing something else as well like after after this report came out there was something like they re they repainted the trash cans or something i don't remember what it was but it was something stupid oh, like I that. Oh, I have not heard that. I have not heard that. Okay. Maybe I, I fever dreamed that, but I, I could have sworn that that was something. But if, yeah. if it's all coming huh. back, then you know. Yeah, I have not heard that, so. Okay. <sighs> yeah. It's... It, it, it's what happens when you have executives <laughs> in roles that they are not suited for. <laughs> well, you know. And it's not just Disney. I mean, it's it's any big company. You've got some MBA who used to sh- sell tennis shoes and all of a sudden they're in charge of a, you know, a theme park. Uh, yeah, I know. But it, I, I feel like like if you take the only other really like bigly theme bigly big themed land bigly yeah bigly over in in central florida that would be wizard the wizarding world and Mm -hmm. you don't i I don't ever see like like universal going in and saying well we're no calling we're we're no longer calling it butterbeer because beer has a connotation of alcohol and we're selling it to kids like they're not doing that they're just like this is what it's called right so just fucking drink it. Sure. Well, so the total difference in that is that the creative force behind Harry Potter, yeah, J.K. Rowling, is very much involved in every single decision. Okay. Galaxy's Edge, the creative force, sold it to Disney. Right. So now Disney, not being George Lucas, is trying to do what they think is right. Okay. 
I mean, so it was things like, and it started. It started early because originally you were told that you could like, you know, buy Jedi robes and wear them around the land, and then all of a sudden, oh no, 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 we can't have people doing that. <laughs> and then they're selling you these two hundred dollar droids that you build, but you can't play with them in the in the land. Right. <laughs> so it's like, well, then why did you do this, dumbass? Right. But so, they'll, yeah, they'll let people walk around with the $200 lightsabers. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's a, a little weird. It is. But I'm glad That's that... That's the wacky world we live in. I'm glad that they're coming to their senses and naming shit back. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah, well... I just found that interesting. It's like, what the mm-hmm. fuck? Yeah. It's no longer called the Dodge Ram because the Ram head is a symbol of Satanism. <laughs> Hail Satan? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. So there's something exciting happening on Monday night this week. Yes. Uh, as well, not as we're not as we speak, but. Um. We're getting a new trailer for Star Wars. Yes. Yes. There's already been a, a teaser for the teaser. <laughs> there have been two teasers for the te- for the yeah. trailer, which boggles my mind. I, it still boggles my mind that they're doing this during Monday Night Football. Well, because that's going to have so many, hopefully, so many people watching it. Yeah, but the, a lot of times sports and science fiction are not the same audience. Well, maybe they're forcing geeks to watch sports so they can see the trailer. But that's it's, see, that's the thing. Like, like, so there was all these articles about when people thought halftime would be, and right, and so roughly they think it's going to be between nine thirty and nine forty-five. Because if if this team takes so many times outs and this team takes so many timeouts, this is when it usually winds up, and blah blah blah. And it's like I'm yep. just going to wait until ten o'clock when it's on fucking YouTube. Right. Exactly. And, and see it in high definition on my computer screen and not have to worry about watching fucking football. Mm-hmm. Cause I am not a football fan. So you're not, no, I watch one game a year. It's the super bowl and it's to watch the commercials. Right. So that we can talk about it the next day. Mm-hmm. And that's all I do. I have no team. I have no, I mean, your fucking team wins all the time, so how exciting could the Super Bowl be for you? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's more exciting when they lose. Oh, yeah. But that's not happening often. No. No. So. Um, I also did something else this week that... Uh-oh. Uh, no, it's nothing bad. Get your mind out of the gutter. I went back and I watched a movie that I kind of totally dismissed the first time I saw it. Um, I had watched, okay. I had watched a video on YouTube about, um, um, the, what, what went wrong with the movie John Carter. And, okay. um, the first time that I watched John Carter, I'm pretty sure I fell asleep in the middle and it just wasn't keeping my attention. And I figured, you know, there, there's all that bad press because they couldn't get anybody to go to this thing. 
and the video made a really strong case for like, you really need to watch it again with fresh eyes and look at the visual effects and the story and what Disney was able to do. It was at one point, it was the most expensive movie ever made, which what, which is why it became one of the biggest flops of all time. <clears throat> but I went back and I watched it and, and I, I made it a point of not playing on my computer, not doing anything else, but watching the film, which is rare okay. for me. Cause usually if I'm watching something, I'm doing other things. And I have to say, I really enjoyed the film. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, unlike a lot of other films that come out these days, they spend a good half an hour on world building. They, they wanted to make sure that you understood the mechanics of the world and how things interacted. And one of the points that the video that I watched made was that if you go back and you look at Star Wars and you look at um, other big um, franchise movies like that, a lot of those directors say that that John Carter of Mars has influenced them in some way, and or at least the writing of, of Edgar Rice Burroughs. Okay. Um, and they make it a point. They're like, look, there is what looks almost identical to a scene in star Wars episode two, where the heroes are in a, um, they're in an arena and they're being attacked by large creatures. But what you have to understand is this book came out in the 1800s like the 1890s or whatever it was. Right. And that was in the book already. So they're not really stealing from star Wars. Star Wars is kind of stealing from John Carter. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, seeing it in that light and not just taking it as a, though that's a rip off of star Wars. I was able to enjoy it way more than I thought I actually would. Okay. And I don't think I'd, one of the things that I gauge movies on is rewatchability of like, is this something that if it was on TV, I could sit and watch. And I don't know how many times I would actually sit and watch the film. It's a, it's a fairly long film. It's two and a half hours. Right. So, um, but I definitely think that there are sequences in this film, a lot of the, the fight sequences that I might actually go back and revisit and watch those. Um, kind of like I do with justice league and, um, a couple of the other superhero films that I don't want to sit through the entire thing, okay. but I just, anybody that's out there that listens to us and have heard us rag on John Carter because of the the flop that it was in the theaters, yep. like I'm, I think people should go back and at least give it a shot. Okay, you might be surprised, and I definitely see why the marketing failed. Like, it was supposed to be John Carter of Mars, mm-hmm. and I guess Disney didn't want to market it that way because they thought people wouldn't come to a sci-fi film. Okay. So they called it John Carter, but that doesn't tell you anything. Right. Like at least John Carter of Mars. Oh, he's a dude living on Mars. Like <laughs> there might be something to that. But yeah, it's a. Uh, it, I, I'd cut about half an hour out of the film if I was editing it, but. um, It is definitely better than I, I had remembered. So. If you get two and a half hours and you want to watch something with 
that you might have seen that you might appreciate in a different way. Right. Look up John Carter. It's on Netflix, which is how okay. I watched it. And give it a shot. It's it's very interesting watching it now because <laughs> what's his name? Taylor Keach? That's the dude's yep, name? Kitch. Kitch? Yep. Um he's very, very good in this film. Like he's he's very charismatic and he's got he's got like like crazy chemistry with the female with the lead female chick. Mm. And even like um Willem Dafoe who plays a a 3D animated character. Like all these actors are doing really really good work and I think the thought was like this is going to be huge like Star Wars. And you know, it's sci-fi, it's it's action, it's lovable characters um and decent world building and they just failed to market it correctly. Well, I can see that. So, I I would I'm very surprised that I like it as much as I do. Uh-huh. But I would I would suggest like taking another look if you're so inclined. Oh, okay. So. May do so. Yeah. May not, but I may. Yeah, you won't. No, I won't. It's a <laughs> We play this game. I won't. I know. And and when I say you, I'm talking with, you know, the people that are listening. I'm not really talking to you. Oh, well, fine. Because <laughs> I know better. Just saying. Have you watched the new Batwoman? I have. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I'm getting, I'm getting disappointed. Are you? <sighs> yeah. I uh, unless the whole my sister is evil thing is kind of a ruse and there's really another big baddie behind it it kind of feels like they've they've blown a lot of exposition a lot of opportunity that you're not like wondering like there'll be scenes where where Alice will throw things out that sound like oh my god she she's definitely her sister right. and then she'll say something like or I just saw a video online so you're kind of thinking but then but no everybody's acknowledging that that is Beth mm-hmm. who was um, not rescued by Batman and right. she's out to seek revenge on daddy who's now the you know the crime enforcer for right. Gotham City. And I'm I'm really not digging Ruby Rose. There's something about her that's not connecting. Well, she's kind of wooden in this. Yes. There's not a whole lot of range of what she's doing. Now, I will say mm-hmm. I've enjoyed the second two episodes, episode two and three, way more than uh-huh. I enjoyed the, the pilot. Okay. Um, lots of times pilots like episode two can be like a soft reboot because th- they sit on the sure. pilot for a long time and they're like, well, that works, but that really doesn't. And so when you come back into production, it's different. Um, but I feel like, um, in the first in the in the pilot whatever city they were shooting in Gotham felt really small 
Mm-hmm. And in subsequent episodes, they shot in like Chicago. Right. And it feels massive and it feels like they're, they're on the same bridges that they were on in the dark night. So there's a familiar familiarity. I can't talk tonight with those locations and those scenes. And you're like, Oh, okay. That's, that's the Gotham we know. Right. And they're doing these big stunts of like blowing up trucks and they're doing all this stuff. And it's like, wow. Okay. And then you're right. Then like Ruby Rose comes on and there's all that exposition of, I tried to be better Bruce, but I, I just don't know. Yeah. And I understand that that's their device for, for her inner monologue or whatever, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not digging that part of it. I don't like the fact that everybody knows who she is already. Yeah. Like, Oh, here's the big bad guy. They already know that she's, she's Batwoman and she's taken off her goddamn cowl in front of them. Like, right. I'm a little tired of the, the superhero, everybody knows who they are thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just been played out on everything else, whether it be arrow or whatever, but the, the bad guy, the, the bad guy of the week in this last yep. episode knew who Bruce Wayne, that Bruce Wayne was Batman. Yep. And it was like, okay, what kind of a horrible superhero is this dude that he can't keep his identity from like a random guy that hadn't been in town for a while. Right. Like, okay, sure. Whatever. Like it just, it's, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm expecting too much from a CW Batman show. Yeah. Batman seems to be a tough nut to crack. Gotham had its ups and downs, didn't quite get it right. And then, you know, now we've got Batwoman. Well, I think I think one of the main problems is that in those stories, Batman or Batwoman is the least interesting character in the show. Well, like, isn't that what drove Michael Keaton away from the franchise? Yeah. So it it's really hard. He's very hard to write for. Yeah. Um because he's his secret life is more interesting than who he really is. Right. And at least in the animated series and the comic books, they kind of play off Bruce Wayne as kind of a himbo. Right. You know, he's got a different socialite on his arm at every event. Um but they're not doing that here. And they didn't do it with the last one. I mean, Bruce was very human in Gotham. Right. You know, hanging out with his his tween friends, going to the club. I don't know how they got in when they were like 14. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, well. Um, but yeah. It's and and to to blow um Tommy so quick in this last episode. Yeah, well. It's like what? You know, you had a character that could have been on a par with Malcolm um Malcolm, Malcolm Merlin. Merlin. Yeah. And you you blew it. Yeah, yeah. It, I would really like for like a time jump to happen to where we're away from her starting out as Batwoman. Mhm. I don't care I don't care how she comes to be Batwoman. I don't care what her personal life is. 
like the Batwoman that was in the crossover last year mm-hmm. where she's been fighting for a while and she's been putting away her own villains. Like that's the version I want to see. Right. But like them testing the railgun out on the suit and like blowing a hole in it. So then they, they could make it the red one with her wig and shit like that. I'm just like, right. eh, okay. Yeah. I kind of feel that, the origin story could have been flashback. Right. But get to the real storytelling. Right. You know, again, it's, it's another character who's somewhat established and I don't know that it is bringing any new fans to the genre. I think it's just playing to those of us who are already immersed in it. Yeah. And it's not, um, it's not fresh is what it feels like. No, and it totally could be. Yeah. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. Maybe. I'm, I'm, Go ahead. I, 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 hopefully they figure things out and start getting into a rhythm, but it's clunky. Yeah, well, maybe. And it should be clunky. It should be slick and fast and exhilarating. Yeah. And it's kind of like, Oh, so her sister has access to the bat signal. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it's like, what? Where the, where, the, where the hell is GCPT that nobody knows this chick is up on the roof? Yeah. <laughs> They've got to be the worst freaking um, police force. Yeah, and, and the the radio announcer exposition thing. Mm-hmm. That's going yeah. on. Rachel Maddow. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. Again, it's, maybe it, we're not the audience. Sure. Maybe it's not meant for us. Maybe we're just old fuddy duddies who <laughs> can't appreciate it. But I mean, we uh, both messing with my characters. <laughs> well, we both, we both liked Gotham, even though it had its ups and downs mm-hmm. and it just felt grittier and it felt more real and like right more plausible than this chick standing on top of Wayne tower with like the police searchlights on her. And it's like, right. Okay. I guess this is just the CW version of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe Bruce will return. And then it will just cycle back to being Batman and not Batwoman. But it won't because of the audience that they're trying to establish. Right. They want the the female demographic and they're not going to get that with with Batman. Oh, God, no. And they have. Well, unless it becomes another Twilight type casting where Bruce is incredibly sexy and hot and, you know. Yeah. He becomes a, a you know, a, like a matinee idol. <laughs> so they had the, the, I know that you don't, you don't have the DC streaming service, but they had this weekend on, um, on Titans, they had an episode where, um, Dick Grayson was trying to, to solve a mystery and he kept seeing Bruce Wayne everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's, it's, Bruce Wayne is played by um, the guy from Game of Thrones that played Jorah in something or other. Okay. He was the dude that was always with Daenerys, the, the old yeah. rough dude. 
Yeah. So like, like Dick keeps imagining him trying to push him and the advice that Bruce would give him. And there is a scene where, where Bruce or or Dick ends up at a burlesque club. (laughs) Okay. And he's talking to this woman and he hears, he hears Bruce talk and Bruce is up on stage with two burlesque dancers and they're like giving him a lap dance. Uh, okay. And he's like dancing with him and stuff and he's doing he's he's like giving Dick like bad advice and then he's like dancing with the women and he's doing like the Adam West Batutsi thing with his hands. Yes. Yes. And, and like doing all that shit and I was like, okay. The the whole idea of of Dick suddenly like hallucinating Bruce is one thing. But this dude is fucking genius for figuring out the whole like bat dance thing like up there. It was pretty funny. It was it. it Titans has its moments and this was one of them. Hmm. There's other like more stupid moments in this episode, but this was the pretty good one. Right. OK. So maybe maybe CW will look at that and be like, well, we can't have like an old Bruce Wayne. Because he, he's definitely playing like like almost retired Batman. Like, right. Like um, world's greatest. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, I'm waiting for the next step in the evolution where we get a Nightwing series. Well, Nightwing's coming to Titans. Yeah, well, it's one more streaming service I have to think about buying. Yeah, I would... My, my suggestion is um, you can buy... I think on Vudu, you can buy just the Titan series. Oh, really? I don't think there's enough on the DC streaming service to justify paying for it all year. Okay. Um, I think, I think if you're going to buy Titans or if you want to see Titans, the best, your best bet is to buy it digitally and watch Mm -hmm. it that way or get yourself a VPN and watch it on Netflix over I think it's in England. Okay. Um you know, do something like that, but I I don't think the streaming service is strong enough to stand on its own. Mm, okay. So Yeah, I'm looking at Voodoo right now. It's a little confusing. Oh. <laughs> to own or to because I think you can to navigate. Oh, to navigate. Yeah. That's like I just typed in Titans for search. Oh, here we go. Titan season one. Nope, that's the cartoon version. But the the anime. Oh, here it is. Yeah. Oh, you can own the season for twenty bucks. Yeah. Okay. There's eleven episodes. Oh, it's not bad. No. But that's that, that. that's the that's the SD version. If you want the HD version, it's twenty five. Yeah, that's still not bad. No. I will tell you that season two is is fairly different from season one. Okay. Only because like season one sets up these characters to have one history, and at some point they decided that the Titan should have a different history. Okay. And when season two starts, 
most of the things that you learned in season one do not apply anymore. It's a, it's a really weird retcon thing that they did. But, I mean, if you want to see how all this comes together, you know. If you want to see Robin in his Robin outfit. Right. And then see Robin and Jason Todd together and all that weird shit. Mm. And then the deaf Chinese girl. That's in season two. She's okay. She's <laughs> she's got a deaf brother. The Chinese the China the Chinese chick is missing an eye. Oh, well, she's that's Deathstroke's sad. daughter. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, what did you think of the Arrow premiere? I was confused by that. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. I I really feel like the writers know that they have 10 episodes, but they, they are trying to give, um, they're, they're trying to give love to like all the seasons and like show that they're really paying attention to what has come before it. Um, so yeah. So when it starts out and he's back on the Island and you're like, what the hell is this? And then instead of a Deathstroke mask, there's a Batman mask. I'm like, hmm. oh, did he fight Batman? Yes. Like, wait, yeah. what's going on? Yeah, that's what was getting me confused. It's like, it, but the end of last season, he was like at a little house in the country. Yep. And and then all of a sudden, it's like, what? He yep. was back on the island? But, but his mother's dead. She never married Malcolm Merlin. <laughs> right, exactly. So yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I thought the way that uh, it was structured, and I liked that um, they gave they gave similar lines to different characters. So when he walks into the mansion, and where um, where um, oh, what's her name? His sister. Uh yeah, her. Ah, what's her name? Thea. Thea. When Thea comes down the stairs in, in episode one, she says, I told you yacht sucked. And that's what Tommy says when he walks down the stairs. Yeah. So there were, there was definitely like a symmetry there. Um, I liked that Adrian, Adrian chase was actually the green arrow doing the salmon ladder thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, like they were like, okay, we understand what, what like the appeal was to all these shows and we're just going to like turn it on its head. So yeah, I thought I thought it was well done. And I I like the fact that they brought characters back and then it's like at the very end when Earth 2 gets destroyed, you're like, "Oh, okay, those people aren't coming back." We've we're kind of closed the book on them unless they somehow reverse time and do whatever in crisis. Yeah. But I did I I did also enjoy the fact that they in this in this uh season arrow plays after flash and in right. the flash episode there was the map of all the earths yes and there was a big arrow that said that it was heading towards earth 2 and then an hour later yep. earth 2 gets destroyed on tv like yeah. i appreciate that i like the way that that all gets set up and it's a payoff it for people paying right attention into it. Yes. You don't see that on TV very often. Uh, no, you really don't. You really don't. I thought I, the whole thing, 
I thought was really good storytelling once you've kind of started to figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, the the transposition of some of the characters and then Diggle from Earth One is there. It's yeah. like what? What? <laughs> <sighs> yeah, but Felicity has her own tech company and. Uh, yeah, yeah. See, if the, if this was how they were gonna go, they could have totally written her into the season. Yeah, there must have been something else going on with the actress behind the scenes where she decided that she didn't want to be involved, but they, they totally could have put, put her in there mm-hmm. instead of him going up to the girl and it not being her. Cause it looked just like her. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It, that's a, that's an interesting choice, I guess. And I don't know what to make about the flash forwards. Uh, yeah, it kind of sounds like they're not going to go anywhere. Well, it's... with focusing on like the birds of prey kind of theme for the um, for the spinoff. Right. But it's going to be those characters. And, you know, this is kind of like the weird backdoor pilot thing. But I understand them not wanting to leave them out of these 10 episodes because people will forget and not care when it comes out later on. Yep. But it's really hard to get involved in a story when you literally only have like one minute chunks every so often in the show. Yeah. And you're trying to remember everybody's name and what they do. And okay, that's Connor. And he actually turns into the green arrow at some point, but now you have Oliver Queen's daughter who's might take the green arrow mantle and Mm hmm. I don't know. It's very strange. Yeah, it's it's weird. And there still really hasn't been anything that's come out as to why Emily Bett Records left the series. When they when they announced that Arrow was being canceled after the series, then she you know, she just posted what a great time she had. She loved these people. And it's like, right. Then then why did you leave? (laughs) I mean, yeah, I mean, and a lot of that, too, could have been, like, she had an opportunity to do a movie or something, and the timing just seemed to work out, but... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's all very weird. Yeah. But she really has nothing going on. No. She's got a movie called We Need to Talk... It's in post-production right now. Well, wasn't Arrow her very first thing? Yeah. So, I mean... Well, well, not really. She had some other TV roles. Okay. But Arrow was her first, like, recurring. Right? Uh... No. She did a series called Paranormal Solutions, Inc. in 2016. Oh. Where she was recurring for... I guess it just ran one season... It says it's, but she says she was on all eight episodes. Oh. Okay. And yeah, she was in Flicka Country Pride, <laughs> and a short called Bacon and Eggs. Oh, there you go. It looks like she was playing Felicity. Well, I don't know. Well, she wasn't a series regular at first. Yeah. She she did like three or four it's episodes. Just the first thing she 
was a six episode miniseries called uh, Arrow Blood Rush in 2012. Is the f- her first Arrowverse thing that's on um, IMDb? Was that like a CW seed thing? It must have been. It said it was. It aired alongside. Okay. Uh, um, the series. Okay. Hmm. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there some maybe. Maybe it was a money dispute. Maybe like they wanted her to take a pay cut or something. She wasn't going to be in a bunch of the episodes. That was really weird because she becomes such a, an emotional attachment to Oliver. Uh, yeah. Well, who knows? You know, they're going to keep Laurel around for the next TV show. So yeah. You know, there's just too many women. Yeah. All right, so the other thing that I wanted to ask you about... Uh Uh-huh. ...is we've had another high-level director come out and slam Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. In the... In Francis Ford Coppola. Yes. Who in a weird way was trying to defend Martin Scorsese. Yep. But called the move, the Marvel movies despicable. Yeah. That's kind of short sighted, isn't it? <sighs> we're, we're getting into that elitist attitude again of no, this is cinema. Yeah. I make art. Yes. And, and that really fucking bugs me. You know, it, it almost feels like if you're not making highbrow, whether you want to call it entertainment or art or whatever, like, like that class of filmmakers, which is really weird because that class included Steven Spielberg and George Lucas who define the summer blockbuster you have these people that are like, we don't like your movie because it's popular and it makes a bunch of money and we don't think it's art or we don't think it's, we think it's despicable or we think that it's just shit. And you know, well, I kind of feel that way. I kind of feel like, like if the internet was as big as, in 1997 when Titanic came out you know they'd have something to say on the internet about James Cameron because it was the biggest film in the world and nothing could touch it until Avatar came along right and say what you want about Avatar whether it's a Pocahontas ripoff or people just want to see it for the the 3D thing Mm -hmm. it sat on the top of the box office for a really really long time and I feel like these guys are jealous because the Godfather's not at the top or Goodfellas isn't up at the top. And how can people like this if they don't like my movie? Right. Instead of saying different people like different things. Different strokes for different folks. Right. The The movie going public today is mostly a younger demographic 
who grew up on science fiction and comic books. Mm-hmm. And when they see their favorite medium come to life in a set of movies that are fairly entertaining. Yes, there is a Marvel formula. Yes. Sure. A lot of the things end up with two people punching each other. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're still very entertaining. And they are comic books come to life. Sure. And I respect Martin Scorsese and I respect Francis Ford Coppola for what they've done. But at some point you have to let the next generation come up and do what they're going to do. And whether that be Taika Waititi or John Favreau or Joss Whedon or James Gunn and they make popular movies out of characters that nobody really gave a shit about. Right. Good on them. Like, Mm-hmm. that's what they're meant to do. You can't say that it's despicable and not cinema just because you don't agree with the idea and the stories that they tell. Right. And I, I don't know. I'm, uh, I know that the internet makes it out more worse than it probably is, but it does get a little tiresome to see these people fucking shit on stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, you would never see Hitchcock coming out and saying that about another filmmaker. No, I or studio. I kind of like, feel oh, it's the stupid Warner Brothers formula. It's like, okay, when you have something that's going to continually evolve, right? And yes, there is a formula. You know, whether you're the studio that's doing nothing but Fast and Furious and and uh, the Rock films, right? Or you're doing, you know, Merchant Ivory stuff. It's still a formula. Right. You're, you're just deriding it because, I mean, it's it's sour grapes. I mean, has Coppola film ever made as much money as, you know, a Star Wars or a Captain America or Endgame? I would, well, isn't The Godfather Part 2 up there somewhere? Uh, Box Office Mojo. Hey, box office mojo, help us out. Godfather two. Uh, Godfather was a hundred and thirty-four thousand. Oh, nine hundred sixty-six. The total domestic gross for Godfather Part Two is forty-seven million dollars. Yep. Okay. That's nothing. No. That's nothing. Don't they usually tell you like the world total? Um, all time demand. Worldwide, you get a worldwide. you get a scan down. Worldwide, Godfather was two hundred forty three million. Okay. All I'm seeing when I when I type it into Box Office Mojo, all I'm seeing is the domestic stuff. Uh, you had to scroll down on the page. Uh, I'm all the way I down. Don't, I don't see I, it. That's weird. Oh. Censorship. <laughs> Was it a flash player thing? No, that's weird. I don't no. Know. 
Um, well, so you so you look at 147 whatever million for The Godfather versus Endgame at 645 million and counting. Right. Um, you know, Black Panther 700 million for this little superhero film. You know, this piece of fluff. Right. It's like, well, there's something there. His his biggest movie was well, I'm I'm assuming that this is adjusted for inflation or whatever. Mm-hmm. Is The Godfather at 134 million? Yes. And then his next one is Bram Stoker's Dracula at 82 yeah. million. It see, I think the Apocalypse Now Redux is probably both Apocalypse Now and the re-release. Yes. Because it's the same exact money. It's the same exact number. Yeah. yeah. So I don't really count that since they like released it more than once. But Right. Yeah, I mean, it's so weird that... I mean, this was the dude that did Tucker, the man in his dream. Sure. For, 43 uh, million. <laughs> for uh, Lucas, but, you know. He did Peggy Sue Got Married. Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird when you see this and you're like, oh, shit, he did that too. He did yeah. Jack, for Christ's sakes. Which was Jack? Was that the remake of Jack and the Beanstalk? No, I think that is the, the oh, one with Robin Williams, Williams, where he yeah. ages really quick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's, you know, I mean, just shut up, old man. <laughs> you know, you're making yourself look bad. You're not dis- you're not making anybody else look bad but yourself. Right. You're entitled to an opinion. Everybody's entitled to an opinion, but there's a time when grandpa can't drive anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, let's let's look at Scorsese's real quick. Let's see. Scorsese's biggest film was The Games Departed. Oh, okay. With 132 million dollars. He okay. didn't he didn't break 100 million dollars until The The Aviator in 2004. Mhm. Um, and then he did he did a movie called Shine a Light that only made five million dollars really so maybe they're just oh that was the, that was the concert film oh. of Rolling Stones oh really the, the Rolling Stones hired him to direct a concert film Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Yeah. And then the last thing is Silence from 2016, and that yep. made $7 million. Yeah. 23 worldwide. I don't know if I've ever even heard of this film. So it's Liam Neeson. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe jealousy is, is playing into this just a bit. Yeah, I mean, it's ego. But, yeah. you know, now we're... At, now we're in a culture where it's perfectly appropriate to, to, you know, lash out at your, your competitors. And instead of looking at it and going, well, you know, how can I take my movie making to the next level by incorporating these ideas? It's like, well, no, everything they do is crap. 
Like, well, no, that's not how it works. Right. I mean, you did direct Hugo, so. <laughs> I never saw Hugo. I didn't either. It looked really cool. Never watched it. I know it won the Academy Award for Best Visual Effects. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not like Martin Scorsese is a stranger to visual effects films. Right. Like Wolf of Wall Street has more visual effects in it than most sci-fi films. Like if you watch sure. if you watch the VFX breakdowns where they created like piers and um like houses for like these sweeping shots and you'd be like, Holy shit, that took a ton of work. Mm-hmm. Um I really thought that he did the um the remake of the Great Gatsby, but maybe that wasn't him. No. That was not him. Oh. Um, he did Raging Bull. Raging Bull made less than $80 million. Right. It it doesn't diminish the fact that it's a classic of filmmaking. So, you know, why are you going to diss somebody else? Right. And the King of Comedy, like, like that made barely nothing, was yeah. a huge influence on the Joker movie that's out, which is uh-huh. what started this whole thing. Yep. Where he was like, oh, this stuff is shit. And it's like, just because they borrowed from you doesn't mean... Like, like that should be fucking huge. That like they thought enough of you, right? To take pieces, to pay homage, yeah, to, to pay homage to that. It was Baz mm-hmm. Thurman that did Great Gatsby. Yes, the, the 2013 one. Also, mm-hmm. a, a ton of visual effects in it. Oh yeah. But that movie actually made 353 million dollars. It's garbage. It's garbage, <laughs> Chris. All it's coming out of Hollywood's crap. Yeah. There will never be another The Color of Money. I mean, I kind of feel like, like, no matter what happens with that, the Irishman movie that he's, that's course says he's making. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's going to be out in theaters for just a short amount of time just so that they could do the Oscar thing. But he's now turned that corner of like, you can't judge that movie based on box office. No. Because there is no box office for that. Exactly. You have to go by what what Netflix says and Netflix doesn't give out numbers. Netflix mm-hmm. basically says, yes, people are watching it or no, they're not. You know, they took a gamble on a three hour film from Martin Scorsese. Will that pan out? Meh. Am I going to sit through a three hour film with Robert De Niro in it? No, not in one sitting. And I, not if they're all de-aged and it's all an effects yeah. movie, but you're not saying it's an effects movie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, we really don't need actors anymore. No. You know, we can go and we can buy the rights to Marilyn Monroe or Humphrey Bogart or Catherine Hepburn and create a 3D avatar of them and have them star in brand new movies and not have to deal with all the bullshit and the Me Too and, you know, that stuff. I, I feel like that, though we're still some time away from just, just because when they try to do that stuff and the example I'll give is, um, rogue one. Uh When they did Tarkin, it looked really good, but as soon as he started to talk, it kind of falls apart. Sure. There's, there's this weird thing where we cannot animate people's mouths. Yes. There's 
there's either too many muscles or it they're trying to over enunciate things to be like look it looks just like them but at the end of the day that's not what works mm-hmm. so if we were going to do something like um ready player one where sure. you know it's an avatar and it's not meant to look photorealistic mm-hmm. i can totally see doing movies that way sure but as long as people want photorealistic and i i guess the closest we've come is that will smith movie the gemini man gemini man yeah um I keep hearing good things about 90% of it. Uh-huh. Um, because while he did motion capture, they didn't de-age him. They, they, it's a 100% digital recreation of a young Will Smith. Right. So people are saying we've kind of reached that point where maybe this is feasible. But then there are other people that are like, yeah, but it's at 120 frames a second and it looks like shit because they should have just left it at 24. Right. Well, there's the whole uncanny valley. Yeah. That if we see something that looks pretty real but isn't, it's disturbing. Well, and your brain is saying Peter Cushing is dead. Your your sure. brain is saying uh, Will Smith is old. Mm-hmm. Like... It works in some instances in the Marvel films because there is a ton of of um, reference of these actors at a younger age mm-hmm. and they can kind of put that over it, but they can't really do that for a whole film. They right. tried to do that in Captain Marvel with um, Samuel L. Jackson and it just looks like old Samuel L. Jackson running around with smooth skin. Mm-hmm. It's not really the same thing. Right. So. And I mean, it, it's come a long way. Yeah. Oh, no, no, but definitely. It's still not quite there. Definitely. We are miles away from Jeff Bridges in Tron Legacy. Sure. Like there's a couple times where that works, but they, that was extremely ambitious for the time. Mm hmm. And I think the only thing that even comes close to being photoreal is Gollum in the Lord of the Rings movies. And I think the only reason that works is because Gollum does not have the proportions of a human being. Right. So you can not meant to be a human being. No, you can look at that and your brain kind of says, well, I've never really seen anything like that before. So yeah, I can buy that. But the minute you see a digital person and they don't move exactly right, And one of the things that I've heard recently is that one of the big problems is when they are animating their mouths, there is no muscle in the center of your mouth that pulls your upper lip up. Um, And a lot of times in order to make mouth shapes, they've had to put a digital muscle there in order to make that move to create the shape of a mouth. Mm hmm. And that that's what makes it look fake is when they like things slide in a way where they don't in real life. And your brain instantly picks up on that because all it does all day long when you're talking to people is look at people's faces. So you know exactly what that mouth is supposed to look like and how it's supposed to move. Right. I mean, and I think a testament to that is there are in Star Wars Episode 2, 
there is a sequence when Obi-Wan is fighting Jango Fett on the on the landing pad in the rain uh-huh. where Ewan McGregor is 100% digital and you would right. never know it because he's not talking. Sure. We've come way, way far with digital doubles and being able to do head replacements and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Did you see Logan? The, the, I've seen parts of movie? it. I've so, seen parts of it. I haven't watched the whole thing. So there's a scene, which is not really given too much away, when Logan finds out there's a clone of him. Okay. And the clone walks down the stairs, and it's young, um, young Hugh Jackman looking at old Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. And you find out that young Hugh Jackman is 100% digital. And it looks super convincing. And the only reason it looks super convincing is because he doesn't talk. So we've, we've, we've nailed digital people. We haven't mm-hmm. nailed digital acting. And I think that's, yes, I would agree with that. That's, that's what's going to keep us from, from a movie where Brad Pitt stars with Humphrey Bogart or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. Well, or, you know, to just uh, redo Purple Rose of Cairo using Humphrey Bogart and Peter Laurie and all right. those people, Sydney Greenstreet. Right. I'm sure at some point it's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Ever since they had Fred Astaire dancing with a Hoover. <laughs> yeah. I mean, once digital effects came into being, they're like, there's no there's no stopping people. I mean, they did, they did all those that, that, um, I don't remember what anniversary it was, but they did that at, at the episode of star Trek, deep space nine, where they go back into where they went back to the tribbles, the tribble episode. Yes. And just digitally replace people. And it looked super good. Like, mm-hmm. so we've been able to do that for a really long time. It's just that thing of like, getting those performances out of a digital character without major manipulation. And until they can do it quickly, I don't think that that kind of thing is going to happen. Right. I mean, they, they have replaced actors who have died with digital doubles for certain things, but yeah, I mean, they did it in gladiator Mm -hmm. with, was it Oliver Reed? Yep. Who died during filming? Yep. They kind of did it. It wasn't a digital thing, but they they did a bunch of that for the crow too. After Brandon Lee died, they yes. they took they rotoscoped him out of certain things and rotoscoped him back into other places, other things, so right. that they could show his face in certain parts. But you know, that's all that digital work can be done without three D. It's when you get into the 3D performance and motion capture and shit like that, which is, mm-hmm. which is weird because like when you see like an avatar, when the Navi are talking, I don't know if it's, even though they're not human, the mouths never really felt right to me. Right. And I don't know if well, that's and a I product think of mouths the are the first thing you notice when something is wrong with your TV. Yeah. 
when you're watching something and there's suddenly, you know, a, a split second lag and the mouth isn't matching what's coming out of it. It's like, wow, that's really obvious. Yep. Yeah, it's really easy to spot like ADR stuff too because mm-hmm. their mouth shapes don't match what they're saying and you're like, oh, that just totally took me out of the movie. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think definitely in our lifetimes we will see movies that have long dead actors acting alongside mm-hmm. other people. Sure. It's just a matter of how greedy their estates are going to be. And, right. you know, are they going to want millions of dollars for likeness rights? And Yep. They might as well because you're going to sell a film on the fact that, like, you're bringing this person back from the dead. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know what Peter Cushing's family got for Rogue One, but... I mean, I definitely feel like that's the closest we've been. I mean, I haven't seen Gemini Man, so I'm not really sure. But... um my limited experience in what I've seen, I would say that Peter Cushing is probably the best that we've seen. Did I lose you? You still there? No, you no, I was, I was actually looking to see if there's anything online about how much, uh, okay. Here's an article in Vulture that says how did Rogue One legally recreate the late Peter Cushing well I thought they went to his family and said hey we have this idea we'll pay you a buttload of money uh huh cause I think like like even when they go back and like in Rogue One where they digitally inserted the um red leader and gold leader Mm-hmm. back in like they had to pay those guys right for, for yeah this article just says it's very likely that the filmmaker secured permission from Cushing's estate or his direct heirs yeah I wonder how much it costs to buy a dead person <laughs> I mean hopefully whoever whoever was in charge of his estate saw that it was Disney and Lucasfilm wanting to do this and didn't just be like, yeah, Mm -hmm. just use it. Like they had the foresight to be like, Hey, you're bringing back our dead relative for monetary gain. Mm -hmm. Let's get something out of it. Sure. Well, and I think it also was a matter of pride for the family because otherwise Peter Cushing is known for all of these schlock horror movies. Right. You know, he, he wasn't a, a famous actor because of the quality of his roles. Right. Exactly. He was, you know, famous because of the type of roles, kind of like Vincent price. Right. You know, Vincent price is known for one type of thing, even though he did like musicals on Broadway and shit, he is always going to be the creepy guy from thriller (laughs) or from all of those horrible, uh, house of hammer, Dracula movies. Right. So. Which is where Christopher Lee came from and where. Yes. Peter Cushing came from. And. Yeah. Yeah. But now when you think of Christopher Lee, you don't think of that stuff. You think of Lord of the Rings Star or Star and, Wars. And, and, right. Yeah. His later, his later work is what people will remember him for. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how much Peter Cushing did after Star Wars. I know he was in top secret with Val Kilmer. <laughs> 
but you know, I, I feel like star Wars might've been towards the end of his career. Yeah. Uh, the last thing he did was in 1986, All right. a movie called Biggles adventures in time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Go Biggles. But I mean, he was even a doctor who, you know, he's your typical quintessential British Shakespearean trained actor. Well, I think, I think, Doctor Who is a rite of passage if you're a British actor. Mm-hmm. I think if, yeah, if Doctor Who is on the air, you wind up on that at some point. Yep. Yeah, so he worked for another 10 years or so after Star Wars. Okay. Doing different stuff. Did a TV movie where he played Sherlock Holmes, Top Secret. Hmm. Yeah, his top secret role is really, really short. Yeah, he's like a bookstore guy. With a giant eye. Yes. Yep. Because in, in the bookstore, it's all like backwards or something. Mm, right? Isn't remember. that the, the scene where like they're throwing the books up onto the shelf and they're kind of walking I, backwards and then they go like up the... Everybody's talking in reverse. It's been a long time since I've seen that movie, but... I want to say that that was the scene. Uh, it's a Swedish bookstore. Mm-hmm. Sven Jorgensen. <laughs> yes, he's got the the big. Because uh, he was looking through uh, like a magnifying glass. Yeah, and he takes it down, and the eye is still that size. Yes. Which is the gag. Yes. Ah, oh, good times. Oh, Val Kilmer, what happened to you? Uh, hard life. Oh, they just put a book called Lesbian Bars. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Are you watching the clip? I am watching the clip. Oh, yeah, okay. he's he's putting books away. But it's like... I wonder if it was filmed backwards so it looks weird. Yeah, because like at one point, like Peter Cushing goes yes, to blow... Yes, because they both... Like yes. dust off and of something and he sucks it in and And there's a dog in the in the end of the scene who walks backwards and Val Kilmer and the girl both go sliding up a fire pole. Yep. Okay. Oh so, yeah. Yay for memory. Yay. I can't remember what I did last week, but I sure as hell know a scene from <laughs> fucking a movie from thirty years ago. Uh oh. What? Where'd you go? Did I lose you? Hello. Not right at the end. Hello. I know, right? Okay. We're so close. <laughs> All right. Before <sighs> I lose you again, do you have anything else for this week? Uh, no. Okay. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. John. Have a good week. See ya. <laughs>